0: Hi guys, Steve Hall here from Revive Stronger, and we are in for a treat today on the Macro Bodybuilding and Powerlifting podcast. We have got a very special guest, very strong guest, and recently comp- competed in bodybuilding um, and got extremely lean. So he's done both the powerlifting and the bodybuilding, completely competed in both, and I'm excited to talk to Merritt today. I won't try and pronounce your last name, Merritt because I'll probably absolutely ruin it. Right. Uh, so Merritt studied nutrition and sports science at St. Mary's University. Mm-hmm. He's a nutrition and strength coach at Tenacity Fitness and has the all-time UK CrossFed raw with rap squat record and has won three British titles as well as two world titles, which is amazing to say. it's like I feel completely weak right now and in- inadequate completely um, and recently got crazy shredded for a natural bodybuilding show. His first ever show uh, and that's actually what we're going to talk about today, kind of the differences between a bodybuilding contest prep and a powerlifting kind of peaking prep, kind of prepping for a powerlifting meet. So I'll let Merritt talk about himself a little bit more, introduce his background, how he got into kind of powerlifting and now bodybuilding. Where, where How did that happen, Merritt?
1: Well, um, how I got into powerlifting. Basically, uh, I used to train with a bodybuilder in uh, David Lloyd's gym. When I was about 18, and uh, we were training legs, and I was just repping 100 kilos like it was just nothing, and I was, I was about 63 kilos at the time, I was really like really skinny kid, and um, he just looked at me. It was like you're you're pretty strong. Uh, why don't you do powerlifting? And my goal was to be like him. He was just this big guy, and I was like, ah, oh, but you know, all powerlifters are fat. I don't really want to do that. Um, and then like I just ended up um, doing a, a doing a competition. Uh, I went to Genesis. Uh, trained there because uh, I got told by uh, about it from a friend and uh, got roped into doing a comp, won it, and then I just caught the bug. And from six years onwards, uh, I was just competing in competitions and just got stronger and just, uh, you know, think one thing led to another. Um, recently, I got injured into, like uh, during a training session uh, doing a speed deadlift, of all things. Uh, and uh, I kind of was in a sort of state where I was like, I wanted to continue to do something that was kind of competitive and had a goal, uh, end goal, but I didn't, I couldn't obviously lift because of the injury. I had like an SI lumbar injury, so it, it stopped me from squatting and deadlifting. Um, so from then on, I, I just thought, well, let's just do a show, uh, just for a reason to get shredded. Just that was the only reason I did it. Really, just to, it was kind of an end result to get lean, um, and I just wanted to see what it was like. To go through the process, so um, I got in contact with a friend of my brother's, Benjamin Tormy. He's a really good coach, uh, and um, he basically prepped me through I think about thirteen weeks to to the show. So like, uh, yeah, it was a thirteen-week prep, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It was was probably the hardest thing I've ever done, mentally especially. Um, Wow. Yeah. So the fact that I, I mean, survived through it. one thing which is quite interesting. Um, it's definitely a lot different than competing for powerlifting, um, but then there is a lot of similarities as well in terms, mm-hmm. of, you know, what's involved in terms of the mental mindset that you need. I think both are as hard as each other, just in different ways. Um, like I don't want to say I would never say powerlifting is easier because I've done I've had prep peaking cycles where it's just almost kind of ruined me. So they they're both. Mm-hmm in their own sort of unique way, I'd say. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was uh, an interesting process.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I, we are touched on, we go over kind of the differences hmm. step by step uh, as discussed. But I thought it was really interesting how you touched on, and actually when we were talking beforehand, how you used, obviously it was like, you ha- you couldn't deadlift, so you can't power lifts out we use bodybuilding as a way to break and be, still be competitive in something else. Yeah. And from my point of view, because being bodybuilding first and then going into powerlifting, is like something else to be competitive in and get healthy. And it's kind of funny how it's for yourself from the other angle. And I think I hear guys doing that. And I don't know if that's maybe some powerlifters are horrendously overweight. And so they don't have the foot. And I don't know if sometimes maybe powerlifters don't ever look down to go to that, kind of aesthetics type route. So I think it's it's great that you did it because I think both of them are great sports. But I think it's really interesting that you actually chose to do it because I think a lot of powerlifters just, that isn't something they are interested in at all. Yeah, I mean like, I, I
1: yeah, suppose I put a lot of Um this. In the cardio, um, right? the cardio thing. Like, <laughs> cardio is equal thing and I even, I, yeah, even though I was a very the cardio because um, that's just not something I do a lot of. Um, Till then, and uh, I, I know one powerlifter, like an Irish powerlifter, who did who did prep afterwards. He did a bodybuilding prep after he competed in powerlifting, and he looked really good. Uh, in fact, he won. He won it. He was like he looked like he competed already before. He had like so much muscle mass, like wow. Um, and he was always in good shape. So. When I kinda of saw that I was like, eh, I could do this. Like and I've always I've always been fairly like in decent shape. I've never really been like too over the top in terms of body fat. Body fat's always been decent. Um so for me getting conditioned wasn't like even the issue. Like it was just for me it was more the things that we were more concerned about was like posing and things like that. Um just looking good, presenting myself properly on the stage. Because uh, you know, getting to condition Probably the last thing I was worried about. Like I, I, I've been, I've been very low body fat before, just getting to a weight class. So, you know, for a thing. So for me, it was like okay, using body fat in theory for me is is, is very easy. You know, but you know, get, but then getting stage lean was, is another thing. So that was that was I, like the profile. I, yeah, I think that's another thing. I
0: guess me. that's the biggest difference. Sorry. It I was just gonna say, I guess that's the biggest difference is what you're peaking for. One's peaking for performance. One's peaking for a look.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done a, I did a weight cut where I, I probably could have stepped on stage because it was, I was, I was that lean. But it was, it just happened. It was just because I was kind of lean before already, so it was, it just happened to be like that. Whereas this was like actually, I was probably mm-hmm. that lean. Um, so like the yeah, it's one thing trying to get a six pack. It's another trying to actually step on stage. So, yeah. you know, like, when you're trying to get your glutes in and all that crap, and <laughs> that's that's completely different. So, uh, and you know, there, there was a point where you, you had to kind of push beyond to get that mm-hmm. Um And that, that, that was the goal for us as well, because we knew, like, I, I wasn't going to win on size or anything like that. Uh, I didn't really have much size to play with, and you're not going to, especially during the prep, you know, the, the whole thing is you want to kind of preserve as much as you can. So um, mm-hmm. we knew like the only card I could play was the condition card. So that was what we did. For so, and I, I'd like to think I was the most conditioned stage, like if not like one of them, you know. So I knew I was gonna get because I didn't do a, like a novice class. I did like a classic classic bodybuilding class, just a regular class. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to do the novice class because I just thought, well, I may as well do it properly. It just wasn't something I was interested <laughs> in. So um. You know, and I was still way off the the weight limit anyway because I came in at 67 kilos. So I think the classic limit for my height, which is 5'7", is like 72 or something like that. So 72 stage weight is quite a big difference. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know there was every
0: pound counts.
1: Exactly, every there's room to grow from in that class. So like, um, you know. That that one big thing that that came to me is like even for both sports actually <laughs> didn't matter powerlifting or uh, bodybuilding is that I just I I need I need to get bigger basically. Well afterwards because like even for powerlifting I was always quite light. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like when I did that two eighty, it was in the 82 class and I was seventy nine. I ate my way up to seventy nine. So the week after I literally dropped back to seventy seven. Usually I'm walking around seventy six. Mm. My body weight can like fluctuates quite a lot. So it's like um I kinda it was hard for me to maintain. So I wasn't in like I was competing against people who were like cutting from eighty five kilos. So like eighty five, even ninety, a lot of guys cut from ninety kilos to eighty two. So, you know, for me I was always gonna be that lighter guy in powerlifting as well. Even when I was doing seventy fives, weighed in at seventy four, but then I'd be up against people who compete who were like competing from eighty, drop to seventy five, and I've never done that. Uh, you know, I was never one to do big weight cuts. So if anything, I was always <laughs> a little bit over, or I was always under. So um, yeah. So you actually.
0: So I was just going to say you actually had to eat more and gain weight to be able to do the world record squat. Well, British record. That like right. you could do it at lightweight. Like British, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, um,
1: I mean that 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 was like I didn't even know it was a crossfit record when I did it. Um. It was only afterwards I realised, but like, um, it, I basically yeah, I basically ate up to it, and I wasn't even meant to do that combo. I was meant to do crazy two weeks after that. So it was like, it's funny because no one, I, I, it was a number I just threw around like, I, I swear I want to squat. People just laughed at me because like they were just like that's quite a lot, and I was like, oh uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. Um, <laughs> it was pretty much like the bodybuilding club. I, when I said I was gonna do it, people were just like, what? <laughs> so it's um, yeah, I tend to do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just tend to lose try. Uh, <laughs> I just tend to aim for ridiculous things and try and just do them. That's just me. But
0: well, I definitely think that's a good like having big goals, at least if you fail at a big goal is better than hitting easily yeah, hitting it. Yeah, I ball. mean
1: the reason I said two A is because at least if I try to get two you know, A I could I could hit two seventy two in the second attempt. So And I did 272 the second attempt and it was really easy, so I did 280 and I got it. So it was kind of like, it just was a perfect meet day. It was just like the perfect day, went 9 for 9, it was like perfect comp, Um, perfect conditions, everything was great. Uh, Ironically, it was probably probably the best I've ever felt physically, mentally, was then. Because, um, and even though I was not as lean as I was like say now, I probably felt better about how I looked. Just because I actually looked... I looked like I lifted, like, because I was, because <laughs> I was like pretty big, but I was, I wasn't necessarily like fatter. I was, I'd say I was a bit watery, maybe. though like, know, I had a little more watery look to me, but I wasn't, you know, I was still fairly lean. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, for me, it's just, uh, you know, I don't really tend to fluctuate too much with body fat. You know, and it drops off fairly easy for me. Um, so it kind of, it was kind of a more. Uh, of it, I guess but yeah it, that, that was a that was a good point my uh
0: dream. so I I guess that kind of leads us into the first difference that we could talk about and that's length um and actually I mean for me I wasn't lean um I am generally lean but I wasn't lean going into my contest prep so mm. for bodybuilding my actual prep was over 30 weeks long. yeah um and whereas yours was 13 but obviously you were Like within shooting range of your body weight that you needed to be. I had to lose 30 pounds, over 30 pounds for, oh no, 30 pounds. I lost 30 pounds for my show, and that is a lot of weight. And even over doing over 30 weeks kind of was unlike powerlifting, it's not like it's like in powerlifting, it's periodized. You are intensities coming up, volumes coming down, there's a clear, it's just one way. Whereas with yeah. bodybuilding, a lot of it's the nutritional side, and you actually take breaks um, if you're doing it kind of right, or if your length is quite long. There's periods of time where you're actually having like a break from dieting because your body is just wrecked. Um, yeah, for powerlifting, I don't know how long are your kind of how long were your peaking cycles tending to be um, to powerlifting?
1: Ten weeks usually. Uh, I'd say like the whole cycle itself would be ten weeks, and then I'd like, say the final final five weeks is when we start like pushing it in terms of percentages and intensity um, and we play it by ear as well like so like for that comp in particular I kind of I just went by how my body felt so um, it was kind of a wave so it was like we'd have one week where it'd be heavy one week would be kind of like uh, a little bit lower intensity and then we'll ramp up the intensity again um, and I don't I, I, I'd always I do this now still like I just gauge by how many weeks out I am how I'm feeling that week. I think I'm, I'm capable of hitting, um, so a lot of it was just based on how I felt, uh, and then I the whole week dictated that. Um, and if I felt too beat up, I'd have it like I wouldn't deload necessarily. I would just kind of maybe just cut percentages a bit. Um, so it was, it was a, similar to kind of like Brandon Lilly's cube method in a way. Like yeah. a, uh, that really, I kind of used the template for that. Well, for the squatting anyway. Um, because I found I recovered a lot better, but I changed it up so I'd always have like squat variations and stuff like that. Uh, and I wouldn't always normally just do like a straight squat, like I, one session might be a heavy pull squat, or one session might be uh, against bands. If it was like a speed week, I just do it against bands. So I change it up quite a lot, and I found that quite helpful in terms of recovery. Mm-hmm. Deadlift, like it kind of, I never really pulled that he- heavy actually. It was always like speed against bands, and then every four weeks. I might pull like a heavy single, but then it'd always be because I mm-hmm. be, cause I'd pull sumo. So like for me, my squat goes up, my sumo generally goes up. So as long as my technique's on point I, and I get the mechanics right, it should correlate. And I just I just would do like a heavy single every now and then just to kind of test it. Because like, at that point it was mm-hmm. it was more about you know building and testing because it that whole prep itself wasn't really it was more it was more of a building cycle in terms of like how I went how I approached it. I treated it like a you know, an off season. I didn't treat it like a, a contest prep or pilot prep. Um maybe with the squat I could push it, because 'cause I've noticed I was getting really, really strong. So the squat I pushed it but everything else. Uh benching I actually remember it was kind of horrendous even though I hit PB in the comp. It just it was like a very hit and miss for for me doing that comp that prep. So um but I found since then actually increasing my frequency helped. So now benching is probably one of the most com- things I'm confident with in terms of doing it because well not just because of the injury but just because like I found like benching three times a week and just varying intensity actually helped me more than saying just do once a week or twice a week uh, because it's a lift I suck at so I, like, the more I do with it the better I got at it and the more confident I got with it so like it's now I actually like it. So <laughs> I used to hate it but, mm-hmm. So like if anything, it's the one thing I worry less about programming because it's just something I've just gotten more confident at. Especially now, like now, um, now when I bench, I'm probably more confident in benching than I'm squatting. It used to be the other way around. So it's just quite an interesting thing because I, I was benching even through, through, the, through the bodybuilding prep through the beginning stages. Yeah, and I was still going fairly heavy. Like even at seventy-one kilos, like I'd be doing seventy kilos when I got to that like. I was still doing like 100 kilo for reps and after doing pre-fatigue shit and all that crap. You know, so like this was after doing loads of reps and, you know, my reps and all that. And then I'd do like a heavy bench and I'd work up to a six rep max and then come back down. So like, and I'd still bench a fair amount in beginning stages anyway. So that- I guess. Yeah, I never really lost my strength in terms of benching too much.
0: I guess that brings up another kind of difference and I guess length actually when you if someone considers powerlifting like an actual peaking cycle maybe it's like like you said 10 weeks and you have like a strength block and going to a peaking block or something along those lines there's all the time building up to it as well so you have like phases going through hypertrophy building muscle mass to then kind of build work capacity and things like that and then you kind Of the actual period of peaking that strength is probably a relative short period of time because if you go for too long with those high intensities, you're going to lose muscle size, you're probably actually going to eventually lose some strength if you just keep trying to pile on just one where yeah. it maxes potentially. Actually... Um, whereas, bodybuilding. building sorry,
1: all right, no, um, that actually happened in the last comp, I peaked too early, uh, so um what happened was was I went too hard on the peaking cycle a little bit too early and then leading to the comp I just didn't hit anywhere near what I was doing in the gym. Um, I still won but like it was kind of yeah. still made, I still felt like shit after, like just because I didn't do what I wanted to do. But um, yeah you're right completely like um, what, you, what I think I will do especially like I'd probably keep the cycle, the peaking cycle very short and then a little bit closer just because as you said, you you will lose strength if you go too long with it, and you're just going to burn out, and you will lose muscle. Because mm-hmm. I did find like I was actually a lot stronger and bigger before I got into that phase, and it was just a little bit too long and drawn out. So um, that's you're completely right with that. I agree. Bodybuilding obviously is a little bit different. You kind of cruise into it, but yeah.
0: I guess yeah the, the the training wise for bodybuilding is you don't have kind of you don't go into those like 3 rep max you're not really training for peaking strength specifically you're all about muscle retention and burning calories. trying to retain muscle you probably want to be lifting in that hypertrophy rep range anyway and that's going to be burning more calories than kind of doing a, a 1 rep max or something which I wouldn't probably advise during a peak like a, a training cycle for a bodybuilder and then a massive difference also is the amount of cardio like you were saying before. Powerlifters probably get put off because a lot of powerlifters probably don't do much cardio. And they they don't really need to. They need to recover for their sport. But specifically for powerlifting, cardio doesn't really make a huge amount of sense. Um, If they're fit enough, they're fit enough for powerlifting. But for bodybuilding, it's not about whether you're fit enough for bodybuilding, it's about burning calories. Mm -hmm. I don't know how high your cardio got during your prep, but I know... Towards the last few weeks of mine, I was doing two high intensity interval set training sessions and two thousand calories of low intensity steady state, which was like almost as much time as I was spending lifting weights. Which almost kind of it felt horrible, um, and obviously it builds up to a to a point of peaking, and which is nothing like in powerlifting where you probably, if anything, you're just doing active recovery type. Um, cardio. So yeah, what what did your cardio look like during your prep? I think you said it got pretty high towards the end. It
1: got pretty high. Well, basically, what happened was like the last like six weeks, uh, I was doing half an hour after every session, and then like almost as long as my basically weight training session. Because I was a lot of my sessions were very fast paced, so it's like forty five minutes, um, and I was training like six days a week anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so hard, I was doing half an hour, and then I'd do like a two-hour one fasted on a Saturday. But the last few weeks it changed it. Um, instead of two hours, a twenty, a fifteen-minute high-intensity one, and then I did a forty-five-minute low-intensity right after fasted. And then the other fast, mm-hmm. uh, the other sessions were forty-five minutes post-workout. So they that got really Right. I was doing basically. 45 minutes post-workout cardio sessions and one high-intensity and forty-five minutes afterwards. Um, fasted on a Saturday and uh, yeah, it worked. It mm-hmm. fucked, but it worked. <laughs> but like, yeah. um, you know, it was kind of like because we, we knew like we, we really wanted to push the conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, from doing that, I did get flat. But then it's easier to um, oh, but it's easier to. Easier. It was it made it easier for me to fill out because what I would I was going to do anyway after all that the peaking um, in peak week you had you had the three days of uh, those three days of uh, depleting glycogen um, I had to fill out and I do like a horrendous refeed and then after that I had two a few days of low carb so I'd spill over on purpose and then the few days where I'm low carb um, I actually kind of came in quite lean. Uh, so that was the plan. It, mm-hmm. For for me, it was easier to spill over and pull pull that out than to like come in flat and then try and feed myself up into it. Um, the only issue with that was I really hated eating that amount of carbs in one day because it, it just is a pain. Like people would see it, the video that I put out and they would say, "Oh, that looks really fun." I'm like, "You have no idea how bad, it's fucking horrible it was." Like 1,500 grams of carbs in one day. <laughs> And like it wasn't even like I could eat much wow. fat. The fats were minimal. Protein were minimal. Um, it's just yeah. and it sucked. But like, it's not enjoyable. It's not a normal refeed. It's not and it's not meant to be. Like, that's the thing, you're doing it for a no, that's... <laughs> so like I did that and if anything, it probably would have been I would have rather like just had like three days of high carbs but reduced the carbs, but like um, this was what i was told to do so i did it uh and then mm-hmm. one way i was just actually looking forward to the lower carb days because it was just... <laughs> yeah so um
0: yeah i guess for my well, the way i generally peak people i think it sounds similar but not maybe as an extreme um increase yeah. in carbs yeah uh, like a front load so you pack on carbs early you then let them come down and you try and kind of keep this peak you, Like you said, you per on purpose, whereas I normally try and peak people, maybe overspill them, and then we can kind of manipulate carbs through the week and then maybe give them a little hit before the show on the weekend to kind of keep that peak. Look. Um, I know there's loads of different approaches people can take.
1: I think it was just because I was already so lean um, that I could afford to spill over a bit. Um, and mm-hmm. the carbs were actually not too bad afterwards. I was still hitting 100 grams of carbs afterwards, like three days after. So like- 100 grams. <laughs> So it was still alright, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad, but can, the 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 idea was because you're going from fifteen hundred, hundred is like a lot, of lure. so it was enough to keep some sort of fullness, but enough to like deplete anything that was still kind of retained. Um, and then obviously I didn't even pull out any water or anything like that. Like I, we did, we tried that in a in a trial depletion, and I just looked horrible. I didn't look horrible. I just looked flat. Just hard mm-hmm. to get pumped. So what I did actually was um, the last day like I just continued drinking six litres. I didn't cut it out early or anything. I just did it as normal. Um didn't cut any sodium. Uh kept it high all it all the way through. The only difference I did was on the day of the show, obviously I was just snacking on high carb sort of foods. Um I cut my yeah. I didn't really drink much during the day. I just drank if I was thirsty. And then I mm-hmm. the show was like didn't start till about three, like by then I was kind of already like Looking where I needed to be. Um, If anything, I could have probably feel that a bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I probably came in a little bit too lean, but I also like it's the only card I could play at the time, so I couldn't really like rely on size or rely on shape. So, it in a way we set out what we did, we wanted to do. So, um, yeah, the the fifteen hundred gram one. In hindsight, even he said he probably was a little much. Like I did Mm -hmm. a Thousand was fine. Um, it was still pushing it, but it was fine. But fifteen hundred, we just we were just wanting to see because I think when I did the thousand before, and I still looked flat, so that's why we try to push it more. But I think because I was that lean, yeah. I take it. Um, so yeah, um, the only the only issue is like it, it, when you're refeeding that much, it can cause issues. Like just so, like, post-show, I was, like, the week after was probably the worst week ever. <laughs> just because wow. I was, like, fucked. <laughs> so, like, only now it's kind of got back to normal, like, where I can actually right. feel kind of normal in terms of, like, how my body's running.
0: I guess that's another massive difference to powerlifting in that nutrition, just full stop for powerlifting is almost a lot of people who compete and do powerlifting, unless they have like, they're near their weight boundary or whatever, they almost don't even consider it particularly. They just eat per- for performance. Whereas for bodybuilding, balancing, eating for perform- performance, also eating to continue to lose weight. And like I think you said you did a practice run for your peak week as well, which I always like to do as well. So you kind of know where you, where you stand when you come to your brand new and that could completely throw you off. Whereas for powerlifting, Nutrition-wise, going into your peak week, I guess some people might look to cut water and kind of cut down for the body weight category. But for a large part of people, they just won't do anything different apart from eat for performance and maybe even in a similar way, maybe eat up on carbohydrates to try and kind of give as much kind of performance from those that they're going to give you, but not for muscle fullness or anything like that, literally, because that's going to aid them in their lifts and help them recover between lifts and things like that. Um, but I think for myself, the actual food and nutrition that I had on my powerlifting meet was fairly similar to my bodybuilding show. It wasn't as well managed and programmed. I didn't have specific macros to hit apart from my macros by the end of the day. Um, I just kind of acted on carbohydrates, had like aid and just kind of sipped on water to thirst. And it was very similar to bodybuilding. Um, in that sense. But the bodybuilding, you're like, you're having a snack of kind of whatever it might be. I had like Reese's pieces and not Reese's pieces, Reese's cereal, Reese's pieces would be too fatty. Um, And then like, see what my pump was looking like. If I could get a pump, then that was good. If I couldn't like have a bit more, maybe have some sodium on the day. Um, And it's almost like The nutrition for power uh, bodybuilding on the actual day is like it's like an art you can't really know exactly how it's going to go you can't know exactly what your body's going to need whereas Mm -hmm. for powerlifting it's almost like you don't really need to think about it too much unless you've done the whole kind of getting rid of loads of water and like eating hardly any carbs um is that kind of similar approach to yourself
1: yeah i mean like on the day, actually, for part of the things, I don't really eat a lot. <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of just like sip on like just Lucas Aid, like like you said. Um, I I probably have a like a fairly decent sized breakfast, and then during the day, I just drink my liquids or have a few bits of like sweets here and there. Like I actually eat, mm-hmm. don't really eat that much during the day because I, I you know the stress for the comp and your your, yeah. your your head's not really like in eating a lot of food up the day, and then I've just. Probably have some when I'm done with the meat. So a lot of it was liquid, liquid calories, fast acting carbs, things like that. Um, even towards the end, you know, just energy drinks, drink shit like that. But um, for the bodybuilding, yeah, it's it's like for me because it was. I think it, when when you're really when you're very very lean, you can pretty much get away with a lot of things. The only issue is how it digests. So. And it's the same in powerlifting thing as well. It's all about how how fast your body can digest it and how well you can tolerate food. So okay. on the, the bodybuilding show and even to the same degree of power thing, but mainly the bodybuilding show, I would eat foods that I knew I could like digest very well, like I was used to, I was accustomed to. So it was like stuff like yeah. um, like donuts, or I'd have like uh, you know, these foods actually did have a fair bit of fat, fat in them. So I'd have like uh. Reese's cups. So I'd have. Um, I was snacking on rice krispy squares. I was also snacking on uh, rice cakes. Uh, there was little short yeah. shortcake things. Um, so things that were just easy to digest. That were you
0: know, low fiber.
1: Yeah, very Big. low fiber. You know, things that would just get me like you know pumped up very quick because I was I was lean enough. So I just, if anything, I, it would have been good to have. I could have got away with something like a burger or something. But the problem is on the day. I had, like, a lot of issues in terms of my, my stomach. So, um, huh. basically, things were just going right through, to put it bluntly. So, um, huh. if I had a burger, I probably would be on the toilet all day. So, like, um, yeah, yeah I, I basically had, like, it, it happened, like, right after that refeed. So, that's why I was saying it kind of fucked me up a little bit. Um, but, so, I was just eating things that I knew that wouldn't kind of, like, mess me up. Because I was really suffering in terms of when, like, digestion at that point. And like, and that's normal. Like when you're that lean and you get to that point of competition, your digestion is gonna go to shit. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it was like just low fibre, high carbohydrate, high calories, anything as easy to digest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um the same. Like after after I weighed in for the comp, like I mean for the last, for the for that one when I did two A it wasn't really an issue. It was kinda like I just didn't eat breakfast, Weight-in came off. And just eat normally, so it was like you because know, I wasn't on enough food anyway. So like, um, yeah. But if I was gonna do a weight cut, which I did for the last one, um, I literally all I did was drop my carbs days before and made the weight. Um, and then afterwards I just try and refeed up. But actually, ironically, I ended up losing weight. Um, I don't know what. <laughs> happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think I just did. It just whatever I was doing just didn't work. <laughs> so. Um, which actually was quite a good bit of data to use for the bodybuilding show because I remember I was loading up on like Krispy Kreme's and shit like that. And um, and I ended up coming home like lighter than I did. I didn't gain any weight basically, um, I didn't put the weight back on. So we actually used that as a bit of data for the show because we were like thinking, well, okay, these are high in carbs. And I actually ended up being lighter. So maybe we can kind of like implement that into the refeed for bodybuilding so he ended up being a useful bit of yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah it's it is interesting because the body acts in a really weird way so sometimes by having carbs it kind of pulls water out of places or carbs actually reduce cortisol levels and cortisol holds onto water so it kind of flushes that all out and often i find when i give people like diet breaks or refeeds they end up coming lighter afterwards it's like That shouldn't really happen because you're eating more food and you're having more calories. You probably haven't actually lost, like, fat in that week. But the weeks prior, that fat's kind of coming off, which is nice.
1: It it was funny because I remember waking up 4 o'clock in the morning in the hotel room thinking I was about to die because I was starving. (laughs) And I was like, how the hell am I hungry? I've just eaten, like, a dozen Krispy Kremes, a freaking Burger King meal and, like, all this shit. And, like, yeah, and I generally thought, like, I've never been that hungry in my life. It was quite funny. Like, it... I still laugh at it now because it was just mad. Like, I literally woke up with like serious hunger pangs. And I was like, I just seen so much crap. And then I, the, day, the day of the meet, I, I just felt lean. I don't know why. It, it, you just I just felt light, you know, and like um, my belt wasn't that tight. And I was like, it's like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, <laughs> so like even when I was warming up, I just didn't feel like I filled out. It, it, actually, if anything, it felt like a pool. Like you said, pool, there was water that's poured out of me. So um, yeah. it was interesting yeah so uh, i ended up being probably lighter than i was on the day of the meet <laughs> but yeah the body is weird it happens like you know i learned that a lot during this prep especially for bodybuilding but it just acts in really weird ways um it's quite it's, it's one of those one of the reasons why it's such a tough thing to go through because you don't know what to expect yeah you know everybody's body
0: reacts i things. i think like the getting to like maybe 10% body fat or depending on the person, like where they're getting under your lower, say, body fat set point, say you're normally holding like 15%, getting down to 12 is probably fairly easy and comfortable. Like it's just a manage your calories, do a little bit more cardio, probably isn't all that hard. But then getting below that point where I don't know if you had any kind of weight barriers that were just like, can't get through this. Like we yeah. introduce cardio, we reduce calories. It's just like, I'm stuck at this weight for two weeks or something and then it just all kind of falls off and it's a bit like you just have to be really patient. I think that's why the length of bodybuilding preps need to be longer because you don't, re- especially your first one, you don't really know how the body's going to react um, unless you are really lean like yourself, which is great to have 30 weeks. I mean, that, that's something I prep is to have such a short one because the less time you can be dieting, the more time you're building muscle, the more time you're healthy. And the less kind of, as long as you don't do it too crazy fast, the healthier you're going to be overall.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, there was a weight like I was stuck at for a while and it was like, it was kind of, I was hovering around like sixty-eight, sixty-nine. 69. And to be fair, that's actually what I thought I was going to be at on stage. And then all of a sudden, like I was getting leaner, but the body weight wasn't going down. But close to the show, it was, getting, it was coming down, it was coming down. And then that ended up being 66.6 in the morning. Um, and then when I actually weighed in for the show, it was like 70, 67.7. But with, that was with clothes on. So I probably was realistically 67 if I was just in my underwear. So um, yeah, it, it, you're right in, in that last week, that last couple of weeks is where I lost the majority of it. And a lot of it is just intercellular water and stuff like that. It's just water that was holding mm-hmm. on. Not necessarily body fat, per se. Um, because I was already fairly lean anyway, so it was just water that was just clinging on to me, pretty much. Because um, there wasn't much to go um, get off me anyway. My glutes were in, everything was in. Um, I, I don't think I could have lost any more, especially in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thirteen weeks, like it, it was, we did go quite hard. For thirteen weeks, so it was like, well, the last few weeks anyway. On well, thirteen weeks, we pushed it, so it was kind of like um, I'd say. I probably would have got the same effect if I did like a longer prep, but we didn't have that time frame for the competition. I wanted to do, so um, yeah, mm-hmm. right. A, a longer prep definitely would have been probably less mental, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but for, but I managed to do it, so it was kind of like not really a big deal.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think a short prep maybe can work for people who are already pretty conditioned themselves and who can take it because I find a lot of people, they don't give themselves enough time. They, even if they give themselves, say, 20 weeks, if they've got a lot of weight to lose and then they push really hard and then they just break and they binge and then they're stepping backwards. Whereas if you can plan, like, give an extra 10 weeks and then you can plan in, like, a week break when you feel like you might break and you actually plan to give yourself a bit more time, that's why I think the the longer length is probably the way to go if, if you can place it. Whereas it sounded like this was maybe a little bit off the cuff, this competition for yourself.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit. Like it was uh like I agree completely. Um you, you wanna ideally you want a longer time frame. Uh, and you probably I would have retained a lot more size, maybe. I might have been coming a bit heavier, which would have been is not really a big deal. Like I might have been able to retain a bit more muscle mass. Um but yeah, it was kind of off the cuff. It wasn't like at first, it was kind of like, fuck, it was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So, um, mm-hmm. it just as crazy as me. So, he was fine. Like, <laughs> like Great combination. So, like, uh, and it was something he knows I've been toying around with the idea for a while because I've, I've talked to him before about it. It wasn't like I just messaged him one day and he was like, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like he knew like, I had intentions of doing something like this before. I just never really kind of got around to it. Uh, and then like. Mm-hmm. This was like kind of the perfect opportunity to do it, so um, yeah. So it was he kind of gave me the excuse. So like um, yeah, it was it was a definitely. But I'm, I guess the type of person I am, I can probably handle that. So like I'm very I'm very off the cuff anyway with a lot of things I do, uh, and I I just mm-hmm. go full steam ahead. Um. So like when I decide to do something, I kind of just zone into it and. That's just me. So a lot of people probably won't be able to do that, especially the first show. Wouldn't advise that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a good idea. Um, but it did. Like I'm not gonna lie, it, it was it was hard. It was difficult. Uh, there was a lot of uh, personal things that happened because of it um, that I, in hindsight, could avoid. I uh, could have avoided had I maybe taken a longer approach with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but it's just like you don't realize how selfish it can be i think
0: so, yeah
1: 100% um you know i kind of ruined a relationship from it which was kind of funny but now i laugh at it now but at the time it was obviously not funny but um it was uh that's that's the thing people need to realize is like when you're going through a prep you need to think about the people you're with as well so like um yeah it, it's not just tough on you it's tough on the people
0: close to you closest 100% to you. But, i think that's an amazing point you've touched on, sorry, just the the selfishness aspect, because I think both powerlifting and bodybuilding, when you're doing it, it does become a little bit selfish. Mm -hmm. With powerlifting, it's more though, just the time in the gym, and you just spend a little bit more time in the gym, whereas outside of the gym, it's not really like ruling your life, whereas for a bodybuilding show, it completely is your life. Especially in the last like 10 weeks, it is basically you, you are living that diet, you're living the training, you have to do the cardio, and you do become really selfish. And I know I was in a fairly new relationship at the time with the, the girl I'm still with now. And the fact that she stayed through with that with me and supported me yeah. is like so powerful because it was tough on that. And I didn't appreciate it at the time. I was like, why is she being off with me? Like, I didn't appreciate the people around me enough. And I think for a first show, it's really difficult to, unless you've got, someone looking over you like another coach who can like guide you through that maybe but still even then you don't you're not in that mental mindset you're all about kind of your food your training your cardio uh, has the scale gone down i care more about the scale than my girlfriend
1: <laughs> yeah you're, you're completely right and i feel like an asshole to say because it's like it's only after the show i realized all this. <laughs> like during the whole prep i he didn't phase me one point and it's like it was after the show i was like yeah, I was a bit of an asshole. <laughs> um, like even my family, like I mean, my parents, they they are cool. They, I they they kind of understood. Mm-hmm. My brother understood, even though like you know, could you know he's a coach himself. He, he coached people in Dubai, so he's mm-hmm. kind of understood what I was going through. Uh, my coach of all people, I definitely understood. Um, but it's just because yeah. the person I was with at the time. She, I mean, she kind of she knew about all the power things. stuff. She was with me for my last meet but um, I think she didn't realise, I, I didn't even realise myself like how intense this was going to be um, mm-hmm. so I guess in hindsight I would have I mean there, there isn't much you can change I think it's just these things happen uh, but mm-hmm. like something to take note of if you decide to do it again and like um, that's another thing Like uh, I'm at a point where like I kind of want to do both sports I don't want to like yeah. fixate on just the one and like say oh, I'm sticking with bodybuilding, I'm sticking with of I want to be in a point where I can do both so like that's why I kinda of want to take the year off competing so I can get stronger, get back to where I was in terms of strength but also put on the um, yeah. um, and I've got an opportunity to do that now so um, and that's pretty much the goal like now for me is to basically just take a whole year get strong, get bigger um, and then maybe be in a position where if I want to prep for a show if I wanted to prep for meat, I could do that. Um you know, nutritionally I think a lot of powerlifters are a little bit more clued up now. Especially when you see a lot of the uh, yeah. guys like Dan Green, they're in good shape, Stan Effedin. A lot of the big names are in good shape now. So like um, diet, people take their diet a bit more seriously. I still follow like a flexible dieting approach. I have macros to hit, you know, um what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looser obviously now with them. Like I'm not gonna track certain things like I used to. Like I won't track all my veg. Or I'm not gonna track this that bit of ketchup. But you know I will track obviously things that are fairly you know caloric. So like I'll still yeah. track, like stuff like mayonnaise and shit like that. So um, and I'm on I'm on a lot of food at the moment. Like definitely compared to what I was eating. Uh, in the prep I was eating almost very minimal, which is why I could have such a big refeed because. What people didn't see was what I was eating day to day. Day to day was not a lot, not a lot of food. Mm. They they got the kind of they got a bit misconstrued with uh, how much food I was on because the only time I ever post food picks up would be like if I'm having a refeed. Because who the fuck wants to see chicken and broccoli? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I put up like a re like, I put up like a vlog for refeeds because it was more interesting to watch. So people were thinking I was eating all these carbs every day. I was like, nah, my carbs are really were quite low. My fats were really low. Uh, my protein was fairly high, but um, now it's like. But what one thing I've learned from that and I carry over to this is, uh dropping my fats a bit more, because I was very fat orientated when I was doing my last kind of surplus bulking, whatever, uh, for powerlifting. Um, and I realised actually it kind of didn't help in terms of uh health, in terms of digestion. It was a bit too much. a bit too high. So. Is up, but I've dropped it, and I've probably pushed the carbs up a little bit more, and I've actually found I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better for it. So um, yeah. yeah, so I've learned. I've there's a few things I carried over from that. So what I've basically been doing is kind of like what I've, I'm still eating, kind of how I used to for that last for that 280 prep now. But the only difference is my food choices are a little bit cleaner, but in terms of like. I have a bit more veg intake um, I'm a bit more conscious about micronutrients fats are a little bit lower carbs are a little bit higher um, so things are, aren't are as like I can't really get away with as much crap so not that I had an issue with it before because you know, my metabolism could handle it but things are a lot tighter with macros so as a result I sh- you know phys- my my physique isn't really taking much of a brunt from it but I'm getting stronger and I'm getting bigger so I'm putting size on and it's kind of between the two mm-hmm. so i've learned a lot from like trying to mold both worlds together that makes sense
0: yeah i definitely think the nutrition side for powerlifting to bodybuilding in the off season uh, isn't all that different. different
1: it's very similar i, mean, oh, I, think,
0: I think my is coming through
1: yeah mark bell uh mark bell touched upon it actually in the video he was like saying how you know if you want to focus on aesthetics you either go for a car park orientated play or you know, we'll drop your carbs and both for more fats and uh, powders and both. But you know, this is a very simple description. Um, for me, yeah, I think it's just just being just tracking the macros at all for powders. Mm-hmm. I think just knowing what you're putting in day in day out. Like now, I I don't have like I don't have refeeds, Um So I don't. I'll have maybe a day where I don't track as much, and then I'll just be socially normal. <laughs> but like. If I'm training, I'll have a higher carbon take. If, I'm, if it's a non-training day, it's a lower carbon take. So that's how I generally do things now, um, and it worked before. And it actually works in a way where my physique doesn't get uh, too affected from it in terms of like being out of shape. Like I actually can build lean muscle from it and actually be decent shape still. But at the same I time, I can still. I, can still I was kind just of, gonna... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Still have a flexible dieting approach, so like uh, which I, I, I do anyway, and I can fit things in on a daily basis as as opposed to having just one day where I'm just eating everything.
0: So yeah. definitely, I think having some form of control. If you have more control, kind of during the week, then you can be a bit looser in the weekend. If like eighty percent of the time you're pretty controlled with your nutrition, then you can have that flexibility. You just can't have that every day because, like you said, you're it just gets a bit out of control. Yeah. Um, I think we touched on some really good differences in terms of bodybuilding to powerlifting and, and more. Um, obviously, length powerlifting generally, the peaking part is going to be a lot shorter than for bodybuilding. And almost it, the longer you can take for bodybuilding seems to be better. Um, you don't want to take crazy long, but it's going to be longer. Nutrition-wise, is completely different um, mm-hmm. unless the powerlifter is looking to cut weight for the meat. Otherwise, they have a pretty steady intake, whereas for for uh, bodybuilding, it, it could be any sort of kind of carbs dropping, calories dropping, refeeds, diet breaks, peak week completely different. And then obviously kind of the training's completely different in that for powerlifting it's all about peaking strength, whereas for bodybuilding you're peaking how your body looks and you're just trying to retain muscle mass and burn calories. Whereas for powerlifting it's all about okay, you build that muscle mass, then you make that muscle mass strong and then you peak that for strength, which is More fun. Um, And actually, I just wanted to get like a final point from you in that what would you think, Merit, were the hardest kind of with powerlifting? Do you find it the training the hardest part or do you mentally find it hard? I know for myself, the actual training was pretty damn hard. Like overreaching to that degree is really, really hard, but it was more mentally tough. Like if you had the mental, if I pushed myself physically, I might have felt like I couldn't, but I could do it really if yeah. I just thought about it. And then for bodybuilding, it was completely in the mind. You almost forget about food, and you concentrate more on how shredded you're looking. Um, you look at food porn all the time, but um, it comes down to mental toughness for me.
1: Um, yeah, I think with uh, powerlifting, it was both mental but in, in different aspects. Uh, with powerlifting, it was kind of like like you said, knowing, not knowing if you could do it. I think it was just like, it, it, when you have that weight in front of you, I remember one of the toughest sessions I ever had for that 280 squat was I did a 250 triple. The day before, I was so tight in my hips, I wasn't sure I could even squat one rep of that. Uh, so I literally was do mob work like a crazy man, and then ne- next day, my hips were so loose, I actually squatted quite low. Um, and that was such a mental barrier to break for me, knowing I could triple what used to be my one rep max. In the gym easily, and then after that, after that session, I was like, I've got that like, two eight in the bag. I don't need. I don't ha- didn't have any doubt. So it was very mental. Um, you know, you you're gonna feel a lot more. For me, it was more like waking up and feeling like a fifty year old. Like you know, as opposed yeah. to like, <laughs> make up, you feel like sh- you feel battered. You if something's hurting, something's gonna be hurting in your body. Uh, even if you're not injured per se, something's gonna hurt. Um, you know, you're going to do something to your body. And that's what I found tough about it. Uh, for bodybuilding, definitely 100% mental. Diet, in theory, is very easy. You get into a deficit, you be consistent with cardio, you do your training. On paper, it's so simple. You actually look at what constitutes as a bo- prep. very, very easy in terms of what what you're looking at. But when, when you go through it, it's completely different. So it's um, 100% mental. I think but knowing what I know now, next time round, if I did it, it would be easier because I know what to expect. I know, exactly, you know yeah. I, have, I could have a longer period of time to do it. I probably would do because, you know, the amount of, you know, I have a whole year now to put some size on. I probably am going to have a longer prep just because I probably won't be maybe as lean as I was in the starting point, but mm-hmm. I'll have a lot more muscle mass to play with. So, um, yeah, it's definitely 100% mental. I think that was the only, like, and for me, it wasn't even hunger. It was stuff like energy levels. My, my appetite was shit. Yeah, 100%. I was never even hungry. Like, you know, I never used to get, like, I, I would have, I do the food porn thing, because you just kind of, like, I would crave stuff, but I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. Oh, I, I wouldn't eat this, I wouldn't eat that. I'd be like, ah, oh, this is fucking disgusting, this is boring. When your macros get that poverty level, you know, that was when it was tough. It was just because you just get dissatisfied with mm-hmm. I went from eating donuts from breakfast for powerlifting to fucking eating cauliflower rice. <laughs> so like you know, it, that that was the big difference. I couldn't go out and eat with with, with my friends or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was the things that that pushed me. I couldn't go. I couldn't go out if I went out with my parents. I'd have to be like really careful in terms of what I mean, You know, it's like that was the sort of things that got to me. Um, but like you know, I, I stuck through it because I knew when you ha- I knew I had to do that. So. You kind of get into that little zone where you're just, you just think that you just kind of single-mindedly just focusing on that, and yeah. you kind of forget like you, you you forget how fucked up it is, because <laughs> it is a very fucked new yeah. thinking. Um, so you just kind of get on with it or you don't. And for me, it was like, okay, I want to be this, I want to get to this end result, so just go with it. So I think it was definitely hundred percent mental. I think if you're not a mentally tough person, don't do it. <laughs> um, if you, uh, yeah, it's a good way to test yourself actually mentally for sure. Oh yeah, I think it builds a lot of character. You learn a lot about yourself as a person. Yeah, I know I did for sure. Um, you know during that period of time and like, uh, I don't regret doing it one bit. Um, even with the down, down days and things I've you know, I re- not so much regret but you know could have avoided. I don't regret the whole process because I came out of it uh, with a lot more knowledge and I, I like the think I came out of it as a better person in terms of knowing myself a bit more. So like you know knowing and also it kind of showed me what I wanted to do. Um, after that prep, I kind of realized I need to like take a break from competing in general, <laughs> in just anything. Yep. So like it just grow. Like I, I've been pushing my body really hard, and that's just how I am. I just like to push myself and. It kind of, it was a bit like, it was it was it was good. It was a good journey, and um, I think it was definitely well worth it. I think, especially now I, I've done both, it's very interesting to see how they compare.
0: I think you touched on a great point as well with powerlifting—the fact that because the training is so tough and everything—and so many powerlifters get injured like you did yourself like you do put your body through so much kind of mechanical tension and it just beats up and you feel like an old broken person when you wake up out of bed whereas for power uh, bodybuilding is actually very similar apart from you don't feel broken in and kind of beaten you just feel absolutely exhausted like energy levels drained to the absolute like nth degree and like just getting out, out of bed is horrible and i think eric helms from 3D muscle journey calls it, or he had in a seminar I went to, uh, zombie mode. And you just enter zombie mode, and you're just like, right, macros, where are they? Training, cardio, <laughs> I'm gonna do all this. You have to enter it.
1: Perfect name for it. I felt like a zombie, um, and I was doing like 40 hour shifts while I was doing that, so it was kind of like, wow, it was uh, a bit mental. Uh, <laughs> it was just, I was just like, how the fuck do they even function? <laughs> like, so yeah, it, that you do turn into a zombie, that's for sure. You. Cognitively, you're just not there. Uh, I actually noticed towards the end of the prep, and I mean, I deleted the vlogs because they were just so badly edited. I just kind of like watched them, and I was a bit cringe from it. But even the last vlog I did, um, I could tell my speech was so slurred because I still hadn't gone out of that. Speech. Yeah. And when I was watching, I was like, fucking hell. I was like, I, look, I definitely like looked like. I was in that sort of state, like, mm-hmm. the way I was speaking, the way I was interacting with people, um, yeah, you don't realise it till afterwards when you're actually back to normal. So, yeah. um, but it's it's something that you kind of have to go through, and this is what people need to realise, like, uh, when you do a show, and you're serious about it, and you want to get into that condition, this is the shit you deal with. This is what yeah. you come up with. You kind of have, in both sports, you have to suffer to a degree. To yeah. deal with it. I mean, like, um, even now, for me, like I have still kind of will have to suffer in some sort of form way, even in the off-season, but it's just not going to be made to the same degree mm-hmm. uh, for me. But I'm at a point now where like, the, things are easier because I've gone through both sides of it. Yeah. Mentally, I'm tough now. Uh, physically, I know I can handle a lot of stress. So, and mm-hmm. The weird thing is that my appetite and digestion is probably the best it's been in a while. And it was never this good. Maybe in my last comp for powerlifting, and I found it very hard to like eat into a surplus. Now it's like I'm eating more calories than was before, but I'm not actually like. Like my physique still decent. I'm putting on size gradually, um, mm-hmm. but it, in a weird way, it's actually doing this prep kind of set my body into a kind of n- nice little starting point to grow. Uh, and my injuries are pretty much gone. Yep. Like, I can actually squat again, which is nice. Like, I did the... Uh, going back to squatting after a few months and doing a 160 triple in just sleeves at 72 kilos is not too bad. Um, it was a mm-hmm. lot more than I thought I'd do. Um, and, like, I actually generally thought I wouldn't be up to do 100. Uh, so when I was ramping up to 160, I was like, shit, I could do probably more than this, and I just left it because I was just like, I don't want to push my luck. So for me, it was just it's just getting back into that mechanical... Uh, State in terms of like technique and lever, you know. Once I get a bit more size on me, my leverage will all sort itself out. So actually, um, yeah, the injuries aren't really so bad now. I think I just now just need to be a bit smarter with how I program things. Um, okay. You know, I could probably, I, I think I can safely say, if I wanted to, I could get back to where I was, if not surpass it. Uh, I just need to give myself time. Really, I've got a whole year to play around. Yeah. So um, that's the aim. Really, the aim for me now is to. Hopefully get to a point where I can squat 300, maybe, and then. Um, well wow. But at the same time, be in a sort of good enough shape to maybe do a show if I also wanted to. So, and I, I don't I feel I could do that. I, I, I think both <laughs> hand in hand. Um, you know, I want, I want to be strong, but I also want to look good. So it's kind of like you know, it, and that's just how you, down to how you program your training and how you yeah. program your nutrition. So, you know, adding a lot more hypertrophy work to my powerlifting sessions. So, I'm doing like a compound movement, which is heavy or whatever, and then doing like that in a sort of powerlifting program sense. But the assistance is all going to be hypertrophy aimed. Um, and then with that, I think the more size I gain, strength goes up. So, it's all correlated. And the diet is the diet. Yeah. So, the diet is pretty much in a surplus, be consistent, don't be an arsehole with your macros. You know, <laughs> pretty much kind of sorted. It's, off-season is very simple but you know I've never had the opportunity to do a full year off-season so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to it.
0: I definitely feel like doing a bodybuilding show you really see what your physique has to offer in muscle wise yeah. and you strip it back you can see what you need to work on in terms of the muscle imbalances if you've especially if you've probably doing a lot of powerlifting you probably find things like your quads are massive your hamstrings are a bit lacking your back might be a bit lacking your chest is really big and so you can work on bringing up those other areas now and you're set up in a good position because you're lean and the leaner you are the more room you have to play with to build up because inevitably muscle and fat is going to be gained but the leaner you are yeah the more time you have and what better time to do it than after a bodybuilding show when you're lean and still being able to build up Probably build up some leg size as well. If you're not been able to squat as much, maybe your leg volume slightly down. I think I think you're going to be in a great place to compete in powerlifting, and then hopefully after that, you, maybe you will do a bodybuilding show as well.
1: Yeah, that's a plan. I mean, it, it's funny you say that. Uh, right the leg the leg side of things, the only issue I was lagging was like the quad but I didn't have much quad speed. My back was pretty good. I've always had a decent back, so that was alright. Uh, hamstrings and glutes were alright. Um, could be better, but like, glutes with definitely with the glutes. It was more like they actually needed to build them to have better to have better glutes on stage. Mm-hmm. They were lean enough, they just needed to be so. And that was just due to not being on the squat. for a while, uh, but the back was fine, shoulders were fine, chest was ironically fine, even though the bench is like the shittiest thing. For me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny. A lot of yeah. people get, like, are very lacking. Uh, so um, yeah, it, it's more of the outer sweep. Definitely, like so it's just shit like hack squatting and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. so those sort of moves, closer stance leg like press, just stuff that I don't usually do. Um, that I'm doing now. Like yeah. I, after my squat today, I was just doing a lot of uh oriented movements, just focusing on that and like hack squatting. I hate it, but it, it works. I definitely feel it in the <laughs> so it's just where
0: well, you can get so much volume exactly
1: so uh so yeah you're right with
0: that and that's the aim to be able to work and uh enjoy it really that's the main aim yeah. cool um so i think we just go to kind of where can people find more about you kind of tenacity and your coaching and um kind of you said about your youtube videos where can people find that
1: yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to start vlogging again soon. Uh, maybe next week, week after. We'll just see. I'm going to give it, like, some time, and then I'll go back on it. Uh, you can just, if you search my name, Murat Freshly, it will come up on the YouTube. Uh, a lot of my old lifting videos are on there, too. Uh, if you email me, murat.tafreshi at gmail.com, uh, that's probably the best way to get at me before, because uh, I do a bit of online coaching, social uh, programming, uh, strength coaching, things like that. I also have a Facebook page, Tenacity Fitness. So, I think it's facebook.com slash Tenacity Coaching. Uh, so, that's You can find my page um, at Instagram, Tenacity MT, uh, and uh, my Twitter, Marat Tafreshi.
0: So, yeah. Awesome. I'll put all of the links in description below. So, if people not completely sure where to find that, it's going to be below. And uh, I just want to leave kind of with this one question to you, Merit. Because I think it's it's an interesting question to ask anyone who's gone through a bodybuilding prep, yeah. and that is what is what was your kind of favorite food during contest prep, like the macro-friendly thing that you just ate all the time. Although you said your appetite wasn't huge, yeah, was there anything you just had like every yeah. single day of prep? Really,
1: it's actually really weird. It Was um,
0: you ever heard of courgette? Courgette. I know courgettes.
1: Basically it was courgette. It's basically courgettes made into like spaghetti. And it was, you
0: can
1: pick it it up in Sainsbury's, um, already packed. I would have that, I'd have a carton of egg whites, and I'd scramble that with like this vegan cheese, which is basically just nothing. It just tastes like cheese. (laughs) Nothing in it. It's nutritionally void, and it would just taste like cheesy eggs. like spaghetti, and I just put lo- a lot of sriracha on that, and like fat-free mayo, and that was that was my jam for like every day. <laughs> go-to meal, and you know, it, looking back, looking back at it, that sounds kind of gross, but at the time it was like heaven. Yeah, and of course Pepsi Max Cherry.
0: That's oh yes, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Pepsi Max Cherry, that that saved me a few times. So, yeah, actually water a load of that as well, which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, that and the like, little things like that, crazy shit. You know, that, that's you,
0: what your taste buds almost change after contest prep. And you just oh, sure. everything tastes a million times better, and that stuff tastes like crap now.
1: I was <laughs> like, this <laughs> is gross. How the fuck do they eat this every day? I was like, I was like,
0: does change for sure. Awesome. Well thank you very much Merritt I think we'll call it a day there and thank you everyone else for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you soon Cheers Merritt
1: from no care.